Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer. Here, as always, with my other co-host, Sloan. Sloan, say hi. What's up, boys? How's it going? It's good to have you here, Sloan. Who else do we have here? Yeah, we're joined by some others. Start in the back left. Hi, this is Dylan. Hey, Dylan. (laughs) This is Austin. Wow. Hey, guys. Hey, boys. (laughs) Wow. Josh, where are we right now? Uh, If you can't tell by the insane background noise, we are in a car right now on our way to Augusta National Golf Club for a weekend uh, or for a day at the Masters. Yeah, a Monday, right? A Monday practice round. We're driving 24 hours round trip to hopefully catch a glimpse of Tiger and the other guys. And we figured... (laughs) It'll be pretty sweet. We're looking forward to it. Uh, It's been a long time coming and a a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, it'll be sweet. And it's a perfect opportunity to catch up on the latest happenings. Wow, this road is actually <laughs> <laughs> We had a little bit different uh, texture. Wait, why don't you go drive over on the bumper strip? <laughs> go drive on those bumper strips for a little bit. That'll be fun. Oh, man. Uh, but we figured it's a good day to catch up on fantasy. You know, Dylan Austin, two of the more elusive boys when it comes to actually talking about fantasy football. And there's been a lot of fantasy-relevant happenings in the last, you know, few few weeks, months. I don't know. It's been a while since we had any kind of consistent podcast up. I think On Good was our last one. The so. official season, or the playoffs at least, ended January. Yeah, maybe even early, early January. It might have been, yeah, early January. We've so. only had a few pods since then. Yeah, the off-seasons have been dead. I think we're all grateful for that. Uh... You know, I'm very glad that we postponed the rules call until later in the year because <laughs> it's just a lot to have to manage the team during the offseason, especially dealing with all the weird transactions that are going on in the NFL, the ads, the drops, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. How have you felt about the delay, Sloan? Uh, honestly, I haven't really thought about it that much. Um, I think it's good to take some time off. The season gets pretty stressful. Uh, gives you time to decompress and to think about things, and I've been trying to do that. And What have you been thinking about? I've been thinking about what I want to do, whether this is a season where I need to start selling my team or if I think I have enough where I can just reload and get a few more players through trades and uh, hopefully – get back into contention for a title like I was in last season. Yeah, I've also been been doing a lot of thinking, but I know people have been hearing my thinking for a long time. Austin, what have you been up to this offseason? How are you feeling about the delay? I like the delay. I don't think we needed to have the meeting so soon after the season ended anyway. Uh, in terms of just my team, I, uh, you know, everybody's getting one year older, and with that, you know, comes some some thoughts about whether I should be selling or if I should be buying. And I guess I'll have to, you know, reflect on that more after our actual rookie draft, too. And really, everybody's in that situation right now. I'm trying to think of teams that might not even have to think about moving players or whether they want to decide to tank because their teams are good. Josh, your team, I mean, it was loaded last season. You had a lot of injuries. Do you feel like you need to move anyone around? 
you know it's tough because I think a lot of our league, when it comes, my personal thoughts are I just don't think the league really values aging players very much, especially during the off season. I mean, it's a universal truth across all dynasty leagues that selling players that are older in the off season is a way to get bad value because nobody really knows where their team is at. You're just thinking about like the rookie draft, all these young guys, how do they plan for the future? And when you're planning for the future, you don't want to buy a 32-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, uh, which I get. So I think for me right now, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine to hold. You know, I, I think I can easily contend this year. The biggest issue that I have is I think I have a lot of great talent, but it is very weighted towards old players and even so weighted to the fact that I have more good old players than I can actually start on a week-to-week basis. So... I'm probably more interested in consolidation for the right offer, but that requires other teams that are imminently focused on competing. And I don't think we have a lot of teams in the league that really are, at this point, thinking, I want to go compete for a championship, or at least teams that are willing to pull the plug. So, yeah. on, on you know, holding firm. It's hard, hard enough to even get people to respond to my text messages, so, unless it's Mike. Mike is the only one who will text me back, but... That's how I'm doing. Dill, Dill, what have you been thinking about for your roster? Any? Have you been thinking about it all? I know you've been texting a little bit. You have a desirable roster, but also been kind of fucked over by these off-season moves a little bit. Things are looking bleaker than they ever have for your team, I would say. Um. Yeah, well, I'm trying to remember all the off-season moves. I remember James Robinson leaving was a nice one for me, um, but I got screwed over in a different area, and I'm trying to remember where it was. The... DeAndre Swift signing was oh, tough. Yeah. yeah, the DeAndre Swift one was tough. Um, so those are those are a little offsetting. Um, Thielen left the Vikings. If that helps at all, I, don't know. I mean, J. Jeff is stud regardless. Yeah, yeah. I think the where else? I mean, Kyle Pitts has kind of been a weird limbo. Kyle, phase he is right in a now. weird. He is in a weird spot. The the issue is that like selling him would be at an all time low. And even if he maintains his like current status, it's I mean like tight ends are such a it's basically other than a handful of two or three tight ends it's which ones just happy be happy and happen to be lucky enough to get a touchdown on the right week for instance i think during the uh the playoffs i got extremely lucky with uh i think like three or four touchdowns from higby higby yeah yep so yeah for for kyle pitts i'm kind of in a holding pattern of I think he can still be good. He's just in a weird situation right now with his um, team. With his team, team in general. Yeah, and you've also had, I mean, Chase Claypool is basically a non-asset at this point. That's kind of tough. You know, and I think he had serious value for a little bit of time, you know. What other changes? Travis Etienne, I think he was good as a lead back. You know, he's still good, but there's some questions there about what Doug Peterson will do. Point of the point of the thing being, your team is in it's in that you're in that phase right now where you're the youngest team and definitely a good young team, but you probably need some better assets to compete. Have you been thinking about that at all or have you more so just been I know you're you've been studying a very studious boy. Mm-hmm. Has that prevented you from being able to think about fantasy the way I would want you to? Oh, it, it definitely does. Um, probably for about the last month, it, it's basically I'll wake up, study, work for however long, and then study, 
and then I'll do it the next day. So it's kind of a grind yeah. set. Yeah. It, so it yeah it sucks. Um, and you have a team that you really haven't had to make no, any moves. No moves since the beginning of this league, which is really nice because I want to avoid Waffle House. So yeah, I mean I think all of us are in the camp in this car of wanting to avoid finish last, finishing last. I would say of the of people in this car, it's probably Sloan and Austin who are at the. You know, it's biggest. not Sloan. It's definitely just Austin. I mean, but Sloan, <laughs> you're at a bit of a turning point where if you don't make trades now, Waffle House could be on the horizon for you in the next year or two. Uh, yeah, not this season, but not this season. Maybe the season after. I would agree with that. If I don't make any moves, for sure. And if you make moves, though, you could make your team young, more volatile assets. You know. Yeah. Higher risk of things going south in the regular season. Similar, you know. To what we saw to Ongood last year. I mean, he did trade away some vets, but things can turn very quickly when your team isn't super deep. How are you thinking about the upcoming season when it comes to competing versus staying? I know you talked about being in flux at the onset of this podcast. I think I'm going to end up trying to compete just because I don't want to go to Waffle House, and I think I, I don't think I do a good of a job, a good enough job to sell my assets that I can sell and get younger players and still not go to Waffle House. I think I'd screw that up somehow. So I think I'm just going to continue to try to compete, and I would rather be middle of the road every season than have to go to Waffle House one season. You'll never tank is what you're saying. I don't think I could ever tank. I'll try to reload, but I don't think I could ever do a full rebuild like Mike or Brian or Ongood's going to have to do. Yeah, Ongood has been forced into the full rebuild. I don't know if that was ever his plan, but uh, yeah, he, he was definitely experiencing something that was brought on not by his own uh, choices. Austin, how are you feeling? I think your team is more at a teetering point this upcoming season than, than you know anybody else in this car right now. What are you thinking for next year? I know you've been back and forth about fantasy football during the offseason. Um, I think everybody says this on every podcast, but if I just have a decent draft of rookies and I have just two or three picks that work out, I'll feel all right. Are they going to work out immediately, though? That's my that's always my biggest concern with rookies. You're right. So I, I don't know that. But if I get at least a quarterback that can start, that will help uh, replace some of the the value that I'm lacking. What's your in that first part? pick this season? Second overall. Second, Second overall. overall. So you could. You could get really whatever quarterback you want. Yeah, whichever one I feel good Are about. Are you feeling locked into QB this year, you would say? Yeah. For the second pick? Definitely. Okay. I respect the openness about the pick. Are you, have you, you know, there's been a lot of speculation. I'd say going into the offseason, it was Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and honestly, even Bryce Young kind of standing alone at the top. It now seems that it's become Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, maybe even Anthony Richardson sneaking into the conversation. No. No? Are you just trying no. to get him to take a quarterback <laughs> that you don't want to take so you can get a. I'm going Bijan 1.1. It's okay. there's, I mean, it's locked in at this point. He would have to like break both legs, I think, for <laughs> me to go QB. So I'm trying to get into Austin's headspace about the QB controversy. I'm sure the draft will bring a lot of clarity. Have you been following kind of the the floating conversation around these rookie QBs, Austin? Yeah, but I don't understand. I mean, I understand Anthony Richardson is like a a cool prospect, but he's shown no proof during the college season that he would even be that good. Who's this guy? 
Florida quarterback. He's a Florida quarterback. 53.8% completion percentage last wow. year in college football, which is quite bad. But the highest athletic score of any QB in the last, like, 15 years. He's, like, uh, he has, like, in- insane upside when it comes to rushing potential in the NFL. So could be a fantasy game breaker if he actually gets the opportunity to start. Yeah. If he goes top 10, would you consider it, or do you think it's Stroud and Young right now for you? I think it's those two, yeah, for sure. Are you leaning one way or another or still pretty uh, on the fence? I was leaning towards Young, but I guess since both players are being looked at by a lot of teams, it seems like they both hold some pretty good value. But Bryce Young had such a good Cotton Bowl at the end of the season. Um, and I just won't forget that game when I watched it. So I, I was just so impressed by all the plays he made. And I feel like, to me, he's still my my top prospect. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you, too, personally, because, you know, Stroud, I mean, this has been said. This isn't an original thought, but his college wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe four of the best college receivers ever you know yeah. they've had some of the greatest years so well and look at the programs that are coming at it too i mean they're ohio state who are the ohio state quarterbacks that are still in the league right now i mean the last justin, justin fields, fields is the only one and joe i don't burrow? think any joe burrow <laughs> <laughs> then you got we have alabama with tua and jalen tua and jalen and i think i'd rather my quarterback mac young saban yeah and uh, mac, mac- Mac, Mac Jones. Jones, sorry. And I think I'd rather have my quarterback come from Alabama than Ohio State. It's a reasonable thing to say. I mean, Bryce Young's best receiver was probably Jamison Williams, who was cut, well, not cut, but I think transferred to Alabama because he couldn't play at Ohio State. I'm pretty sure that happened, right? How does that work? I don't know. I'm, I thought Jamison Williams transferred from Ohio State to Alabama. I have zero idea. I did not know that. So. I didn't either. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I I know that Bryce Young has not had the talent. John Mechie was his other good guy. You know, I, I am a, a big Bryce Young believer. It only sucks that he's so small. Very small. 5'10". Wow. Kyler-sized, but not with the rushing upside that Kyler had. You know, elite. I didn't know that. That makes me rethink it. There, there, there's no. um, There's a lot of you know, Young and Stroud are going to both be likely top ten QBs, no doubt, in the real NFL draft. But there's some real trade offs between the different guys when you look at what they're going to do. So you'll have a tough decision, and you have another pick in the first round too, right, Austin? Yeah, I think it's number ten, right? Because Tommy finished first. Yeah, that was part of the DK Metcalf. Diggs for um, trade. You know, it's uh, unfortunate that ended up as the 10th pick. You'll probably get a good, maybe good running back there, but the teardrops are not looking good for you right now in terms of what's going to be available at 10. Okay. Have you been following that far? That one's well, pretty- I mean, down to 10, I still feel like there's a lot of good choices there, probably. So. Yeah, maybe like a Charbonnet or a, you know, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, something like that. Those would be good picks there. But, yeah, I mean, I think you've got the draft capital. That's a great point. You know, your team is not that old, and you've gotten rid of most of your older assets at this point. You are locked into QB at two, but it's not a bad year to be locked into QB at two because 
Bijan is the 1.1, I think, in all rookie drafts at this point. Interesting. Well, we've uh, talked a lot about our teams. I think the purpose of this call and why we're here, you know, rules preview call, we're kicking the can down the road to uh, August, September time frame, along with the rookie draft. I think we're all in favor of that. But we thought it would be fair to give everyone a taste of what is upcoming for that call. We'll do a little discussion on the topics. You can start developing your thoughts so that you don't go in there blind and probably annoyed with me by hour two of the call. So any other thoughts people have before we jump into rules? Sloan, anything on your mind? Uh, I'd like to talk about Aaron Rodgers real quick. What, what are you, how are you feeling about the darkness retreat? I, I'm happy I don't have him on my roster. Because I just I don't I see it being a bad year for him in New York with the Jets, and that, and that worries me, just because he's been with Green Bay his entire career and making a big change like this and just uh, I think sort of the lifestyle that Aaron Rodgers lives I just I don't think he's gonna come out of this a better player. He is quite old. How old is he? Thirty eight. Okay. That's old for a quarterback. Told for anybody. You know, he also lost. <laughs> <laughs> he also lost debatably his best receiver, uh, Elijah Moore, in a trade to the Browns, uh, which is tough. Huge loss. Huge. Elijah Moore, so good. So good. So so good. You. So good. Uh, maybe an untradeable asset at this point. Austin, what are your thoughts on the Rodgers trade? Our potential trade hasn't gone through yet. Yeah, I guess it hasn't went through yet. Yeah, it seems like they still have to figure out a lot of the the cap situation with that. If they haven't even done the train like it hasn't even went through so it, I mean the Jets could end up losing even more assets from it because they have to make room for Aaron Rodgers um the darkness retreat is hilarious to me he's such a hippie at this point but he's so like rich and just feels like so godlike whenever he talks he just feels like he's so much better than everybody else so he's got a lot of confidence he does have so much confidence yeah the most i looked into doing a darkness retreat i read about it afterwards because i was like that sounds kind of interesting and apparently it's something you need to do a lot of preparation for i bet Uh, because if you do it it can like really fuck with you how long are you in there for like four days seven days i think is what it was explain to me what it is because i didn't read into it that much no phone no talking silence darkness for seven days. What kind of dark darkness are we talking about? Complete darkness. Total dark. sensory deprivation. Okay, that's wild. How do you eat? They give you food. They do provide food. Can you see when you eat? Uh, like, how I do you eat? I was watching a how clip on it. I didn't really understand how he was preparing his food or how he figured that out, but he was eating in there. I think huh. he could see It's it, for right? sure catered. Yeah. Something. Maybe they bring you, like, Chick-fil-A or something. Okay. <laughs> and then not the just, seventh day. Not the seventh. No, Sundays. <laughs> he came out of this just wanting to go to the Jets, right? He went in thinking he was going to retire, came out wanting to go to New York. Wow. Yeah. And honestly, there's somebody we need to maybe try and get on this podcast to come and talk about the experience of not quite a darkness retreat, but a similar kind of retreat. Uh, Our very own Joseph Tanner is Mm. later this year going on a silence retreat for seven days. Seven days of silence. I didn't know that. Yeah. Seven days of silence. He's done it before. Oh. So he has experience with this kind of thing. He said it's an incredibly restorative experience. Um, so, you know, maybe if any of us consider retirement in the future, something to do. But I also heard in talking with Joe about his experience on the silence retreat, one of the things they tell you not to do 
is for 30 days after the retreat, do not make any big decisions. Because you can make... (laughs) He said, because there's something about sitting in silence that is so, like, liberating for your mind, and you're just like, why am I not doing this all the time? That you can make some really poor life decisions. And I think we may be in that phase of Aaron Rodgers, because he went straight out of darkness to New York. (laughs) He needed probably 30 more days of of silence. So... so What's the what is the purpose of these if they're to free your mind but then you don't want to make decisions like it, it feels like you're becoming further away from this thing therapy or whatever. It, yeah you and eventually so make a decision right I, I think it's like a mental reset almost like okay. eliminate stimuli like focus on yourself meditate a lot mm. um, I think it sounds really cool um, but yeah so so Joe is going to be doing one so maybe we can bring him on as a guest at some point to talk about the experience so we can get deeper into the mind of Rogers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. I don't know. Dill, do you have any other thoughts on Rogers? No, I no. No thoughts? No. Yeah, I mean, I would probably still want to have him on my team. I would because he's just that good that if he plays, you know, you're going to feel good about putting him in that QB1 slot yeah. at this point. So. Does Tommy have him? Tommy does no. have him. Okay. Tommy acquired him last year for 2023 first and Jerry Judy, which seems like a relative bargain when you look back on that trade uh, to get a starting QB for an unproven wide receiver and what ended up being the 1.10 this year. So, yep. good for you, Tom. Okay. Any other topics, Sloan? I'm good. Austin, Dylan? Any Lamar Jackson discussions you want to have, or is that too... Uh, no. Matt has him, right? Matt has I believe him. so. He also has Huntley, which was a great pickup. Huh. Great pickup. Great okay. pickup. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Lamar Jackson situation, Austin? Um, seems like he might not even play this season. Why is that? Nobody's picking him up, and if nobody has any interest in him and he doesn't want to play for the Ravens, then what's he going to do? Why doesn't he want to play for the Ravens? Because they're not giving him any guaranteed money. Uh, yeah. That's tough. He wants like 200 huh. mil guaranteed. He's got to work for his money. Who Deshaun Watson got a bunch of guaranteed money, and he sucks. Now he sucks. Right. Oh. And he sucked before he had a <laughs> <laughs> Well, he had a really bad season, yeah. which which should have been, even for his standards, I think was really bad. So. Yeah. And so if a guy like that can get, what, 230? Well, I don't even know. It was a lot of guaranteed money. Why can't Lamar Jackson get it? Former MVP. Right. Uh, I, I mean, he's had winning seasons at Baltimore almost every year, right? So played. They've been to the NFC Championship with him, I think, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Houston never did anything with Deshaun Watson. I mean, not his fault, but it's a very fair point. Uh, there's I, I Austin. One of the things we brought up when we were talking about topics for this pod was the collusion that is going on amongst the NFL owners, and I, I tend to agree. I think there's something fishy. Everyone loves to trade for a franchise quarterback, you know. Aaron Rodgers is, like, the biggest offseason topic until one becomes available that you just have to pay, and then all of a sudden... I mean, we got a bunch of Colts fans in this car. Would you rather see the Colts take Anthony Richardson or just pay Lamar Jackson? I would so much rather see Lamar Jackson. I think I'd... Yeah. 
I think I, I would I would trade Jonathan Taylor for Lamar. Okay. I, like I would include that in whatever else it takes to get him. Mm-hmm. I I think no brainer. Honestly, you get the chance to. I mean, all the Colts have been doing for the last four years is trying to find a quarterback, yeah. and Philip Rivers, and Matt Ryan, and the Carson Phil- Wentz. Just a dumpster fire of mediocre QB play, and you have the chance to get a stud, and you're like, no, it doesn't make any sense. I think the conclusion by the owners is that the Browns made a terrible move by signing Deshaun Watson with so much guaranteed money. I think they all like to have this 2020 hindsight saying, we would have never given them that much guaranteed money, so this shouldn't be like the benchmark for... How right. quarterbacks are getting paid. Mm, treated as the exception. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. What do we think about the fantasy implications of this? Let's go Lamar Jackson, bigger picture. Is there a bad landing spot for Lamar? Do we think that exists? What's the worst team in the league? Colts. Colts are <laughs> up there. Uh, the team that finished last was the Bears, but they're obviously not looking right. for a quarterback. I mean, can anyone name a wide receiver on the Ravens not Rashad Bateman? I don't even know if we could have named him. Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay. Okay, you did have Duvernay, Sloan. That is true. Started in a few weeks. I think that was Mark Andrews. They had Marquise Brown. Well, he's a tight end. Yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews. Marquise Brown traded to the the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't get much worse than the Ravens, so... Washington's not great, although they've got a couple younger guys. Yeah, McLaurin, Dotson, yeah. uh, Curtis Samuel even, not a bad yeah. wide receiver three. Could have new ownership. Yeah, Likely that could will. be helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's just a weird situation. I think fantasy-wise, Lamar's going to be fine. I think if you have a receiver on a team that Lamar goes to, you're a little concerned. Just because he doesn't pass as much, or what? Yeah, I mean, he's not as much of a passer. The volume may not be there, but... I think in most situations it's probably an upgrade, especially for these like poor teams. It's just right. you're probably feeling good. I, and I think in that situation, Matt, honestly, it, it would maybe benefit Matt if Lamar did go to another team because yeah. having Huntley, yeah. you know, you get an extra starting quarterback, which in our league, that's all that really matters is having the quantity of starting quarterbacks. It does potentially hurt Mark Andrews' value quite a bit, though. Yeah. That is that is very true. Who are their running backs? Not that that even matters. No, J.K. J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins, Gus Dobbins. Edwards, Gus Edwards, oh. Davis was his name, Mark something. Uh, no, Old I don't guy. think he played. No, I know who you're talking about. Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Mike he was on the Ravens at all? He was there for a little bit. Uh, I think they have like Justice Hill as their third guy. Wow. But yeah, I don't know. I think it would be better for him to go somewhere. Maybe worse for Mark Andrews. That's a good point, though. But fantasy implications are not huge. I just think it's kind of a weird situation to watch unfold. Uh, that there's this quarterback that's so great that nobody wants to sign. They want to sign him. They just don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him. Right. He also doesn't have an agent uh, that's not good. representing him. He has the NFL PA right now who represents him, which is very... Uh, unorthodox. Indeed. It is unorthodox. Well, I think it's a good transition into the rules conversation we were talking about. I did preface the guys a little bit uh, so they would know what rules I was going to bring up uh, that I have on my list. 
and obviously this list can expand that's the glory of waiting until the start of the regular season so i encourage everyone listening or in the car to start thinking about what rules you would want to add one of the things i talked about definitely the most controversial one of them so i think it's a good place to start was in the the idea of in future years implementing some kind of salary cap component to the league where we start to care about players' salaries uh, and that becomes a part of trades or, you know, every team has a salary cap. Um, You know, when I said that, uh, Dylan had quite a strong opinion on his thoughts on that. Dylan, why don't you share what you think about the salary cap? I would probably quit um, (laughs) because, like, it would just... (laughs) That's just a level of, like, management that I just don't care for. If, I, if I'm being honest, like, that much detail and organization around fantasy football doesn't interest me as much. So, I'd, yeah, I mean, I'd probably just quit. So, I guess if anyone wants me to leave the league, you should vote for this rule. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is that something we would have to keep track of manually? I, I mean, we'd have to like, is somehow. Is an option in the app? I, I have not explored it in the app, but... That would be a nightmare to do manually, I think. Lots of Excel sheets, really. At it least initially be, it would be. I, I mean, it would be an ongoing basis. Because every time a contract is like I mean, extended, they're set for a year, though. So you would know that season. Yeah, I mean, it would really ramp up the... I mean... Throwing picks into trades, I think, adds another layer of complication. But then having to manage contracts is... if you, I mean, if you want to increase the value of player picks, that this is the way to do it. Because a pick, you know, becomes worth so much more, right? Because you get that rookie deal. Yeah. It also increases the weight of running backs in the league because they typically sign much, you know, lower salary deals. So... In a league where running backs are sparse, they may become harder to get by. Sloan, Austin, what are your thoughts on the potential salary cap? This would be a years out addition, maybe like three or four years in the future so that teams could start to prepare. But I think it's just another layer that you'd have to keep track of and analyze, and that's too much for me. There's already a lot going on as is. <laughs> you quit in the league too, Sloan? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that might make me quit the league. We'll see. We know that. I um, thought of, I thought about this more, Josh. I think it would make it um, uh, easier for players like Ongood, who traded all their players away, so that he could see the actual value that he's giving away to you sometimes. And how would we handle the initial implementation of that? Because you would assume there'd be some teams that are would would be above the cap right now. It's a good point. I mean, that's definitely... I think it would be like, hey, you have three years to get under this cap amount. Mm-hmm. Like, or, you know, like... Then that would give everyone time to start prepare. If you're over the cap, you know, you probably have to do some kind of, like... Maybe, like, fab penalty or pick uh, forfeiture. I was going to say penalty tax. Like a, you know, like a tax a, that you... Yeah, uh, whatever, pay, luxury taxes in yes, the NBA. Yes, a luxury tax for the league fees. Which that actually sounds kind of interesting. It's like a, like people paying more. You just love people giving you money, Josh. <laughs> uh, so so this is a pay to win league. <laughs> I, I paid two hundred dollars. Now I get all the good players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We could have like a, a Mets versus like uh, Oakland Athletics situation right. in our league, 
where Sloan is paying like three dollars. Sloan is Billy Bean in this yeah. scenario. Yep. <laughs> but maybe we have like a Moneyball situation with Sloan where he's like, you know, getting maximum value. Uh, I don't know. I think for our league, you know, I, this was just a, like an interesting idea. I don't actually believe that this is a good you know idea to implement for our league. I think it would be fun, but it's so. I think it's way too hard to implement. Like once the league exists, because right. it just like fucks everyone's team over, and it makes trades so. Like it would be, I think it would start making trades really lopsided for the next three years as teams tried to get under the cap and get ready for the future. And you know, even though it would be three years away, I think it would change the value of players way too much in the near future to actually be worthwhile so that's kind of where i'm at it the league will vote on it we'll see the answer should be no i think this should be like a 10 out of 10 now i can say this uh, confidently that i think it would destroy the league if we did this too many people would quit yep i would like to take just two seconds to interrupt and say as of 18 minutes ago zach Eady was awarded the naismith trophy so congrats to zach Eady. Are we transitioning into pretty basketball now? <laughs> no, I just wanted to bring right, that Josh, up. Go. <laughs> no, we're not. We're just getting started on the one of the rules. All right. Any other thoughts on that one? I think we're pretty. Yeah, it's gone. Beating a dead horse. You have to explain to us for 15 minutes, and then we all vote no on it. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, this is good. This makes the no, 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 no. Yeah, seriously, because yeah. I mean, I don't think this. I think if, we, if this was an actual rules call, and this was everyone's first time hearing it. This would have been the last thing I brought up, just to tickle the brain a little bit before we left, <laughs> uh, for people to start thinking about what could we be. Because all I want for this league uh, is for is it to be as great as it can be. Um, so that's my goal. All right, no more thoughts. Next up, uh, okay, this one comes comes from Mike Wood. Um, this is in regards to trades. Uh, Mike's thought was a trade clock for counter offers after a trade goes through. So maybe like a 24-hour period where after a trade has been agreed upon by both parties, anyone could come in and offer a deal for the same exact components of either side of the trade uh, and nullify the existing offer. Sloan, we'll start with you. Well, we talked about it earlier, and I think we all are in agreement that we all love this rule and we'd love to implement it. <laughs> it would just make the league so much more fun. Just kidding. I think it's terrible. We all talked about it a little bit before. Um, it, I mean, it would make the league more efficient in terms of the actual trades that are being made, but that takes away a lot of the fun of the league. Um, and I, I spoke about... Josh's trades with on good, I think some of those wouldn't have happened if we had this implemented. So I, I don't think it's a good rule. Austin? Bad rule. Next. Dylan? Yeah, in, in general, I agree that I don't like it. One thing that I do think would be interesting if you did do it would be for the counter offers, the person who is like the the other person who originally is agreed with on the deal is in on all the texts and communications as well so they know exactly what you're saying and have a chance to like counter again on top of it in like real time i don't know i think that'd be interesting at least yeah in general don't like it though also don't like it um but also i can see the idea behind it of 
you know, it does help protect the league from potentially bad offers. The only way I could see to implement it, um, and I would still think it was stupid, is maybe like a form of a veto alternative, where like if the trade was going to be vetoed, this is what would have to happen for it to be vetoed. That like another trade would have to be agreed upon for the existing players in order to undo the trade. And I don't think our league really has a veto problem anymore. We used to. But given that that has gone away, I think we're good. Veto problem, like, we were We used to veto. We, we, had, we have had a history of have some poor vetoes. In the first year we did? Yeah. I, 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 I was personally affected by it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it's a history at this point uh, for me. So I think if we had a veto issue, I think this could be a good way to be like, okay, let's get rid of the veto. Let's say there has to be another trade that's agreed to for this to go away. Um, But since we don't have that, and honestly, for the most part, I think the owners are very competent. I'd say not even for the most part. I think every owner understands what they're getting into. It's just about perceived value. And in the moment, trades can seem bad. It is what it is, but... There's plenty of trades that I think we've had even two years in where the initial offer we would have been like, what the fuck? And now it's like, okay, that was actually a decent deal. So, uh, yeah, I'm out on it too. All right, next up. This is about Taxi Squad. We have a couple of things on this. We'll group them up into both. So the first would be, um, one, ensuring that you can keep the existing rookies on your Taxi Squad from last year keep them on there until the start of next season so that's which one. i thought that was the default rule that we had already agreed on that the players could stay on your taxi squad as long as you didn't take them off well um i think the thought would have been that they would have had to stay on your taxi squad until the next rookie draft and that would have been the point at which they had to be you know removed so i think that was probably the agreed upon rule you um, think or you know that's what i thought i'm curious if anybody else had the same opinion as me or the same thought me and Dylan did not. Right. I think we had said, and last year we had said rookies only on the taxi squad. They have to be considered a rookie to be on there. Which by the point of our next rookie draft, or I don't know if it was our next rookie draft or the league's rookie draft, those players would be considered one-year veterans. So I think that's a timing thing we need to sort out. And then on top of that, we also need to sort out, well, if a player is already on your taxi squad, can you keep them on there for another year or for however long you want to until you know until you decide to either activate them to your active roster or drop them in general um so there's two pieces there the timing piece i think we're all a little like i i thought it was until the rookie draft i would have thought like our rookie draft would have been my interpretation but i can understand multiple ones uh dill we'll kick this off with you what are your thoughts on the timing and longevity of players on the rookie draft uh on the taxi squad i kind of like so so i think it should be i I don't like holding them there indefinitely i think i do like the kind of turnover that is naturally caused by allowing only rookies to be there so so for the the timing part it's the difference between the actual NFL draft and our draft. That like that's what you're. Uh, yeah, I would think I would think our rookie draft would yeah. signify the end. Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree. Right. I, yeah, okay, so I we're in agreement that. there. So then it's how long do you think a player should be able to be on a taxi squad uh, 
I think I think you should have to. I think that you should have to have your taxi squad be available to take on the rookies when they are like when the draft is done. So I think it should have to be ready before the before our rookie draft is completed. And you shouldn't be able to keep any of your existing taxi squad players on there. Yeah. Correct. They should have so, to all be gone. Yeah, so so I guess it's yeah, everyone is everyone's off there. Vacated the taxi squad by the time the rookie draft is over. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I, I can see that. I think that's what we've agreed upon at this point. I think that would be the consensus understanding. Austin, what do you think? I thought the way we wrote the rule was just the rookies had to be added to the roster or dropped. And I kind of felt we should keep it that way. Um, but I guess there are exceptions when you think of some of the players that we mentioned earlier, like Pat Mahomes not starting for a couple of years or like a year and a half. That kind of makes sense to keep them on there for maybe an additional year. So, I, I don't know. I think I'm indifferent on which way we would go. Yeah. I, I just don't think it matters. I don't think it's going to benefit anyone. There's probably a few players that it does matter. Like, Brian has, I think, a couple rookie QBs that you could consider maybe even keeping them on there for another year. Like, what's his name? The the DC, the Washington guy? Sam Howell. Yeah. Maybe he's worth keeping on there for another year, just in case. <laughs> and, like, Matt has uh, Isaiah Likely for That's a good backup tight end for the Ravens, which could Very good. be handy if something were to happen to Mark Andrews yeah. gets older. So I think there's maybe a, yeah, a few of those players that could end up being pretty decent starters if they just get that chance, but they just haven't given gotten that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there, yeah, Sky Moore would be one, too, potentially. Yeah. David Bell, I mean, not that he proved anything his rookie year, but yeah. someone who I would like to see another year out before dropping. But Tough for David, too, with Elijah Moore going there. Man, <laughs> it's going to be a tough. Right. Man, Elijah Moore just so good. You know? So good. Yeah, yeah so good. I, I mean, I, I, I ripped David Bell is what I messaged the groupie. Yeah. Uh, not dead, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first Google, right? Like, David Bell, okay, he's actually dead. No, we're good. Uh, but Elijah Moore went there, so pretty much dead. Sloan, what do you think about this role? Yeah, I, I, same as Austin, I'm indifferent. Um, I just don't think it's going to benefit anyone that much. I don't think it's going to harm anyone that much. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, like I said, I thought the default rule that we had agreed upon last season was that you could keep the player on there until you took them off, however long that may be. So I just, I don't know, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that interpretation. I think it'll be worth clarifying in the call regardless. Agree. My, my instinct, you know, I think for league parity, which as we start to get more detailed than what we talk about in the rules calls that becomes a more important thing to consider and that there are definitely in our league different levels of investment which is just which is fine right nobody's going to be as committed as I am or Mike is or whoever else and so we have to make sure we're balancing the league for overall fun and fairness too of like making sure teams don't get bad and then it's impossible for them to get good again roster expansion can have that impact as rosters get bigger people who are more in-depth on fantasy can pick up those younger players. And I think this would be something like roster expansion where 
if you allow second-year players and maybe even third-year players, I don't know, on the taxi squad, it can start to hurt league balance because players can pop off in their second year, and if it's a good team who can afford that extra taxi spot and they're just holding that player, they start to get better and better and better. So I think that player churn is naturally a good thing for competition. And so I tend to think that it would probably be better for our league to not continue to add rules that could harm, like, parity and league enjoyment, right? Because it is a stupid game at the end of the day. Like, you don't want people to just, you know, if you're not invested and you have a bad team, that's enough of a hurdle to climb for it then to be impossible to get a good team or, like, very challenging, I think just takes all the fun out of it. So, that's my opinion. Beautiful view right now in the car. Yeah, I wish you guys could see it. Lots of water, lots of tiny little mountains, hills. Yeah, you can even hear the bridge, too. So, just close <laughs> your eyes, imagine you're on a bridge, and now view's over. So, we're back on the road. I think we've covered this topic. It's a good time to transition into our next one. Uh, the next rule call is about uh, IR. We have a few different IR topics, kind of a sub bullet point. First one I'll bring up uh, is related to roster expansion because I was just talking about it. So, um, you know, we have two IR spots during the regular season. And, you know, with the rules that we have right now, uh, if you, you know, when the league isn't locked, which, uh, I, I actually did make this rule up slow, so I don't know if I'm okay with it, you are, but I locked the league down until the rules call, which I, we didn't agree upon beforehand, but I think everyone has, would agree this has been beneficial to lock everything down, um, but during the offseason, having a roster expansion for the two lost IR spots, because you technically can't hold players on there, uh, and I think the point of this being, you know, that you don't have to churn extra players so that once the season starts, you just add people back to your IR. It's just a natural transition from off-season to regular season as your IR players move there. So those, that, that's my thought. Uh, we'll start with Austin this time around. Austin, what do you think about this off-season roster expansion for injured reserve? How many spots would it be? So it would be two spots that would be... Uh, you know, they're removed during the offseason because there are no IR players, so it would be an, uh, a roster expansion of two spots during the offseason. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I mean, during this time, we don't really do much movement anyway. Yeah. I feel like it makes sense that I shouldn't have to drop players that were hurt, and now they're not considered hurt because it's not a current NFL season. So, yeah, I think it makes sense to add the two spots to make up for the, the players that have been placed on the active roster or whatever you want to call it. And I think, like you said, the NFL expands their roster in the offseason, right? To yeah, make yeah, up for the, for the, I guess, for the lack of spots they would have available for all the dudes that are hurt and stuff like that. So, yeah, makes sense. Dill, you have any other thoughts on that? or? Uh, no, I think, yeah, I think it's a good rule. It allows people who have injuries to keep all of their players and then it also gives people who don't have any injuries opportunity to pick up a couple uh players that might they just might want to take a shot on to see if they you know if their situation changes at all and they want to end up keeping them so i like it i agree sloan i have an issue with the ir spots in general <laughs> the way we do it in our league 
I don't think if a player's out for just one game that you should be able to put that player on your IR spot because that's not IR. The point of the IR spot is to have a replacement for a player who's going to be out for several games and to not be harmed by that so you can still have a full roster. But one game, I don't think it's appropriate to have a player on IR for that. For the rule, uh, I'm okay with it. I think it's fine. I would probably vote for it. Yeah, I am in agreement with all of you guys. I think it's a good rule. Um, you know, I, the example I, I comes to mind for me is Kyler Murray, torn ACL, probably going to miss a few weeks of next year. We know he's not playing football this offseason. We know he's injured, but he is ineligible for my injury spot because of the weird timing associated with it. Um, so I think we're good there. I think, you know, a next rule, this one's new for you guys. I didn't bring this up in our call, but it, it has been coming to mind for me. Because right now we have this manual rule of if you have a guy on IR and you don't get him off in time, you lose the table point. I think we should get rid of this rule, personally. And here's my pitch. It's annoying to monitor. You can't make transactions with ads or drops if you have an illegal roster. And I think the inability to make roster moves is in and of itself enough of a penalty to get rid of the policing that we have to do to monitor this, which honestly becomes arbitrary because I think we saw it last year that people were breaking this rule at certain points, but just we weren't paying attention to it, and I don't think it had any impact on the league. So I understood the essence of the rule for year one, but I think now that rosters have gotten bigger and for the most part that like extra player ad drop doesn't have too much of an impact. So I think just getting rid of this table point penalty, weird enforcement rule, because eventually I think somebody is going to become penalized by it. And I don't think we've been, I mean, we have enforced it, but I think potentially unnecessarily. Sloan, I know you were the first uh, person in favor of this rule, and obviously against the way we currently have IR set up, that's standard across every league in America, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the elimination of the table point penalty. I think if we got rid of it, nothing's going to change, because yes. nobody was harmed by it last season. We had no regular monitoring of it. It was just whenever somebody decided to check everyone's roster yeah. to see if whether they were abiding by the rule. And then whenever that was pointed out, everybody, uh, you know, agreed to drop that or drop a player and move that eligible IR player back onto their active roster. So I don't think it's going to change anything. Uh, so I'm okay with getting rid of it. Wow. Okay. How about that? I just wanted people to to understand that if we are calling you out for having an active player on the IR uh, spot, then you got to drop somebody and move them off. And people have done that, so I'm okay with getting rid of it. So, what so, if people stop doing it, though? I'm going to say, what yeah, if there's no penalty? Why should I be incentivized to move my guy? The only incentive is to make transaction moves. If you need to add drop any other players, you can't do that while your roster is. Right. Is there a way to... So, I think one of the big ones was, like, the, the conversation with Mike, if I remember correctly, with uh, Zach Wilson, where he was injured... And they were going to say he was injured, but they just hadn't classified him as injured yet. You gotta right? go by what the app says. So, so in that, okay. So 
But are you still in favor of getting rid of the rule? Because if you got rid of the rule, then Mike wouldn't have had to move Zach Wilson off of IR. He could have kept him there, not been able to add or drop any other players on his roster, but would not have had to go through the, like, move to active roster, drop a player, move Zach Wilson back to IR two days later. I, I don't want uh, teams to have an illegal roster during games. So you're so, not in favor of this rule, then? I don't think it's going to change anything. I think if we say, hey, you have an illegal roster, fix your roster, everybody will do that. I would not do that. Well, then we got to keep the rules. Nobody's going to... I would be like, I'm okay without being able to add or drop players. Like, Is there a way that we can do it so you cannot change your... Like, you can't move your roster around. Like you're not, And I don't mean add or drop players. I mean you literally cannot... If you have a player who's on by who's starting, that sucks. You have an illegal roster, you can't fix it until you change, get rid of that player. I don't know how it works, because we had the rule. I don't know yeah, how I it works. Remember if it locks if you have an IR room. player, can you even... I, I think it does lock your team, but I'm not totally sure. I'm pretty sure, right, gosh. I don't think you can move anybody unless you move that guy. I don't think you can starting yet. It's like a... But I could be wrong. I, I actually may be wrong on that. So you're not in favor of the rule, though, it sounds like. I don't want people to have an extra active player on the roster during games. That's cheating. Okay, so you are not in favor of the rule change then. Well, so Sloan, you say you, you say during games. During the game, Michael did not have an illegal roster. Okay, yeah, that's fine. He had an illegal roster for like the hour that's or fine. so before. Get rid of the idea of illegal roster, though. That would not become a term anymore. There would be no such thing as an illegal roster. Is essentially okay. what this rule is. Because the illegal roster would just be the in-app penalty associated with having an active player on IR. And I will say, I, I my other league did this too. We did not do like the self-monitoring of IR spots, and it was not a problem. Because the rosters are so big that like it rarely is like, oh, if you would have dropped that guy, I would have picked him up. Because right. you're last guy is like... And I agree, the guy you, you drop is not going to be yeah, that great of a player. it's like a justice fight. Yeah, I understand or, that. Yeah. What do you think, Austin? Uh, so you, are you against the rule? I can't understand where you're at right now. I don't understand. I don't care about the point penalization. I don't care about that. So you would get rid of the table point, but just say, hey, you have to change it. Yeah, you have to, but I don't know. Like, when people listen, if there's no recourse to what they're doing, then I, I don't know. Okay. Okay, I get where you're at. Get rid of the penalty, but enforce the, like, hey, you have to do this. Right. Without penalty. So it's just kind of like, uh, I just I just have to, I have to do it, or else. Nothing. Yeah, it just, I think it looks bad. Like, it looks like you're trying to cheat the league a little bit. Okay, so you deal with the shame associated, the penalty yeah. is the shame. Okay. Austin, what are your thoughts? I don't know if... It was part of this rule that I lo- I had to drop a player. I was between two, two different players. I had an illegal roster spot. I had to move into healthy, I think. I don't know if I just had too many people in the first place. I ended up dropping Dante Foreman, who ended up being a pretty badass player in the last half of the season for the Panthers because Christian McCaffrey got traded. Also, obviously, that was just bad luck for me, but... I guess if I had just been able to keep the illegal roster, it would have been kind of nice if I just had him for a few more weeks and maybe I wouldn't even been able to keep him instead of drop him. Yeah. Okay. 
but overall, I think the I think the rule had its place, but I'm okay with getting rid of it too. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it's just kind of one of those rules that's just annoying, you know, because like it, it works outside of the function of the app itself. Yeah. Which I think becomes inherently a nuisance for everyone, especially the commissioner. And not that I'm complaining about my job because I love my job. I love this league. Um, and I would keep an off, you know, a separate Excel salary cap sheet for everyone if we needed to. But I don't think this rule has the corresponding value add for either enjoyment or, uh, like, you know, importance, in my personal opinion, that I think it becomes worthwhile to then scrap it. Those are my thoughts. I think we've shared some good opinions. You know, we're an hour in. I want to keep us moving. Uh, our next conversation topic is related to um, trade deadline expansion. So right now our trade deadline is week 10, um, which is th- uh, three weeks before the playoffs start, four weeks before the playoffs start, I think. It's the end of the week 10 game, so we have 11, 12, 13, 14, right. and then 15, 16, 17 are our playoff games. So there's four more regular season, three more playoffs, seven more weeks of football after the trade deadline. You know, personally, last year I suffered quite badly from this rule, having three injured QBs and being unable to even field the quarterback during one of the weeks. And I think during playoff, one of the playoff weeks, I mean... I had to hope that Mike White was going to play or something like that. I don't remember. But uh, the goal behind this rule is to maybe push the uh, trade deadline to a week or two before the end of the regular season so that teams who made moves to compete at the trade deadline just don't end up getting absolutely punished for making those moves. I think there's good value in this from league parity so that you can have a better understanding of your team before you make that push and kind of know where your health is at closer to the end of the regular season. Um, and personally, I'm in favor of this. Maybe a week, the week before the end of the regular season. And then there's still four weeks left, still opportunity for injuries. You can't get rid of everything, but at least you can say, we gave teams the chance. Rather than pick a person to talk mess, I'll go popcorn on this. Does anyone have any other thoughts to share about the trade deadline? I'd like to push it back. So I'd vote for it. I like it. I'm in favor of that. Um, Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I guess for guys like me and Ongood who are trying to hold on to our good players until the last possible second, because I want to get as many table points as I can to make sure I don't get last place. Interesting. I know so that my, <laughs> if you're one of the bottom three or four teams you want the trade deadline to be kind of early or kind of late yeah, yeah. Late. yeah. and I think play our competitive teams would want it to be late as well look at Josh from last season yeah but I'm saying if some of you guys are doing a playoff push I have no reason to give you guys until the very last second that I want to and that's fine that is interesting that is an interesting wrinkle so I'm just telling you my perspective on this season. I wish that the deadline was a little further in the future so I didn't have to I think go 1.1.2 points or whatever. Because that was yeah. the reason you waited to trade Diggs until the very end. I mean, I needed, yeah, yeah, I needed his points as much as possible to get right. as many table points, yeah. 
Jonathan Taylor was hurt. I really didn't have a chance. My only thing is, any teams that happen to choose to not trade a ton, it might hurt them. But why would it hurt them? Because other teams have more flexibility. Okay, that's fair. But but I'm I'm not actually. I I know. I I think that pushing it back makes sense. Um, I'd probably say like. I'd say final two weeks of the regular season, your team has to be locked in. So I, I push it back two weeks further. Okay. Um, and I don't know why, but I think I just like the idea of having a locked-in roster. Gotcha. I think Austin's point kind of makes me almost more against it than for it. It's kind of fun to make teams have to decide a little bit earlier. Yep. But, I don't know, it does penalize teams for having to decide earlier. And I think for the sake of league parity, it is nice, too. Uh, you know, and at that point, too, there is an aspect. You also don't want teams to, like, who are maybe really bad to make a trade at the trade deadline just to avoid Waffle House. You know, in which case they would risk punishing their team for many years to come. Which, you know, I understand them wanting more of the immediate benefit, but in terms of the longevity of the league, I think this would be a beneficial Makes sense. All right. Last one. I'm ending it here. Okay. Commissioner vote? Is that uh, what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just ready to be done. So, <laughs> this is the last one. Uh, okay, we'll go over the... Okay, this one's a couple years down the line, too. But, we, but I think it's still a good one. Um... Is the idea of potentially maybe two or three years down the line implementing a tight end premium format to the league so that tight ends carry a bit more weight either in trades or in starting lineups. An example of this could be, you know, maybe full PPR for tight ends or six point touchdowns for tight ends um, as opposed to our current half PPR four point touchdown in case you're not aware. Uh, the point of this being, uh, you know, there are like three tight ends that are good and outside of, outside of that outside of those three tight ends sorry we just ran over a bridge and the phone fell uh, outside of those three tight ends there's not really any that are worth trading for that much and even then you know eh, you still kind of feel bad about trading for those top few unless it's a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews maybe a Kyle Pitts a year ago something like that um <laughs> But you're, it's just, we have a starting tight end spot, right? And they're just not a position that is really highly valued. So, you know, I think the, the thing is maybe we go tight end premium. Maybe we reconsider the starting tight end spot because right now it's just kind of a weird position in terms of how to value players there. It's like those three and then everyone else is more or less the same. And it could add a few more tiers to those different players. So, that's the idea behind it. Uh, Austin, what are your thoughts on the tight end premium maybe two or three years down the line? Let's let Sloan go first because I liked his take on it earlier. Sloan? I forgot what my take was. Josh's <laughs> Josh's tight end situation. Oh, I think it – I mean, I don't – I assume the reason Josh is bringing this up because Travis Kelsey is a touchdown machine and it would help Josh out a lot. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, though, in two or three years will be 36 years yeah. old. <laughs> He's got to be still, close to retirement. If he's still a touchdown machine at 36, 
you know, we're defying all odds here. So it's really more of a, like, you know, I'm not trying to help my team right now. But I get the point. I still have TJ Hawkinson, who is an above-average tight end. Maybe the fourth-best tight end. Uh, well, I think it would make the t- issues with tight ends even more... Uh, it would just make it worse. Because these good tight ends are scoring more touchdowns already and outscoring the rest of the tight end field. This is just going to give them more of a benefit, I think, because I don't think there are any other tight ends that are in the lower tier that are scoring enough touchdowns to where they would they would make it more even. Yeah, I get that. Any other thoughts from the guys in the back? Yeah, I mean, my tight ends are... If you score a touchdown, it's a good week. If you don't, they literally... I would have not even cared if they were starting. So I think it just helps a little bit in some cases, but I think it just anchors down the top three or four guys already that I think it just strengthens them more and doesn't really change anything for the other guys as much. So Yeah. Yeah, I I wish there was like a good like I, I agree that valuing or increasing the value of the tight end position is a good thing. But just like multiplying everything by like two or adding two or whatever, like it, it does seem like it'll do that. I wonder if there's like you know blocks or something like that that can be a stat that is more um, isolated to tight ends because that you know they are more versatile blocks. <laughs> blocks. Huh? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like pancake, pancake blocks. Pancake you know. blocks. <laughs> something something that Point something that might not because, because the like the rate at which Travis Kelsey goes out for catches versus blocks is obviously very different than other tight ends and so it's like how do you increase the and show that hey this tight end is contributing to his team's success but just not in a way of catching touchdowns and passes interesting like because because like a seal like sealing the edge on a goal line you know touchdown if it's a tight end doing that that is helping considerably right it's i mean it's helping in a weird in a roundabout way yeah, it is helpful. It is helpful. I agree. But but then the the issue is that you know other players do that as well. So yeah, I I don't know what the right answer is. Maybe allocating them like um, one tenth of the running back team points. <laughs> there you go. From that team, that's kind of an interesting idea. I mean, that becomes a pain in the ass to score keep four. Well, so. that's like okay if you have multiple like the Cowboys, they have a three tight end rotation. Yeah, yeah. so it's only plays that they're on the field for. I mean that. How the hell would you figure that out? I would assume that. I mean, I think it's it's right underneath point per pancake block. (laughs) And the sleeper app. Yeah, I... I I don't know. I I guess I'm just like... A player like George Kittle should be worth, like, a lot. You know, like, he is a very valuable player as a tight end. He's one of the three best tight ends. But realistically, he's, like, wide receiver 25... You know, and so you can really only trade tight ends for tight ends right now. And so what I think it does is it increases the value of a tight end such that they can become as uh, valued as a like an elite wide receiver asset or an elite running back asset, especially at the highest tier, um, so that people actually want to go out and acquire those. Because 
Austin's point right now is he has a tight end that it's like, eh, if I get a QB, or if I get a touchdown, that's great. If I don't, whatever. And he doesn't have a lot of incentive to go out and acquire any other tight end besides, like, Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, even though there are people in that middle tier who would be worth acquiring. Because they are good players, and they do produce, but just not at an elite wide receiver or elite RB level. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah, you need, like, you need a huge tier bump for it to be worth it. And it would separate the tight ends a little bit more because the points are still based on production rather than on, like, an absolute number added. So, I don't know. I think it could be a fun wrinkle to add, you know? Give a little bit more. Just hit North Carolina. I'm I'm tired of this. Uh, if you made it this far, thank you. Yeah, if you've made it through all this car noise, you're a, you're truly a trooper. Um, any other closing thoughts from anyone before we end this call? I'm good. Nothing for you, Josh. This is a long pod. This was yeah. a long pod. But, but it's been a good one. Good way to pass the time on this. We got, yeah. sure. we got some nasty traffic in the middle of that. So you might have had some nice peace and quiet for like a 20 or 30 minute period. I think so I did the math and it added about 30 minutes to our trip. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't even notice uh, notice it because we were potting. So yeah. it's been fun. Uh, we'll see you all after Augusta. Appreciate you all joining the pod. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.